What is up, Degenerates? Welcome to week 13. Uh, two more weeks until your playoffs for most leagues. Hopefully uh, you've already locked up the playoff spot. You're not fighting these last two weeks tooth and nail to, to just try and sneak in. Um, if you're in the Scott Fishbowl you're, and you made it past week one, you're now into week two and uh, a slew of buys that are maybe going to screw up your chances at getting through this week. But we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, both of my co-hosts are out this week. Um, Diego last week went to Universal Studios with his family and they all got COVID. So oh, nice <laughs> he's not going to be able to join us. And uh, Ben's still celebrating his birthday week. So he's also <laughs> going to be out. <laughs> but I am joined by two very good friends of the show. Uh, Mr. Levi Sturdivant and Mr. Monty... Neil! Yeah, let's go. Levi, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It hasn't quite uh, dumped snow on us yet in northwest Montana, so. Well, that's good. For this time of year, that's excellent. Uh huh. I'm, I'm loving it. And Monty, how are you doing in the, uh, the, the deep, deep south? Oh, the weather's all right. Um, the only thing on my mind is is the uh, thumb injury to JT, and then how um, John Park just heartlessly stole, uh, you know, mossed me with uh, Zach Moss and stole him out from under me. So, but anyway, <laughs> no, uh, if there, yeah, there's not a nicer guy to screw you than John Park. I will give you that. You know. <laughs> Well, at least he used a little bit of lube, you know? Yeah, he didn't, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. Can't get mad at him. No. I'd have done it too. Yeah. No, there was a lot of waiver claims uh, over the uh, overnight for, for Zach Moss with the news coming yesterday about yeah. uh, Jonathan Taylor. So we'll talk about that in the injury updates. Um, so we've got a little bit of news tonight. We've got a little bit of injuries, not as many as last week, thankfully. And uh, we're going to get into the mind of Monty. So it's always <laughs> a uh, very intriguing topic. And then we'll finish it up with, <laughs> with the uh, Magical World of Fantasy Football Chronicles. So let's jump into the news. Breaking news. So probably the biggest uh, surprise this week was uh, the announcement that Frank Reich was fired from the Carolina Panthers. Um, he is now the sixth coach for the Panthers in the last six years. So Tepper obviously is not patient and expects for his franchise to turn around overnight, which is not the way things work in the National Football League. But um, I know talking to, uh, to Ben and, you know, in some of the leagues, there were some things Reich was doing that, you know, wasn't really good for the personnel that he had as far as the way he was trying to use them. But you kind of have to use what you have. And when owners stick their nose in drafts, that potentially has uh, something to do with it as well. Levi, your thoughts on on Frank Reich being relieved of duties and where Carolina goes from here? Well, I'm not sure where they go from here. They they traded so much for Bryce Young. They really needed something to work out. 
Um, or they needed to have some patience and give a guy some agency to actually install a culture, um, all of those types of things. You know, you see it with, with organizations like the Steelers, despite Matt Canada dragging them down, they've been very successful. And a lot of that has to do with the continuity of the coaching staff and the, and the GM and everything. You know, they are consistent year in and year out. And you you're just not going to have an opportunity to do that if you keep firing your coach like this. Right. And you, you mentioned Matt Canada and Pittsburgh. They're not a uh, team that traditionally makes coaching changes mid-season. No, I think – I don't Matt remember uh, when the last one was. I It was something ridiculous, though. Like, yeah, 1941. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Monty was there. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, and I was there. You know, I was the guy, got, the guy actually got drafted into World War II. You know, I mean, so, yeah, it was a real heartbreaker. Yeah, flapjack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on, on Carolina and, and where they're going? Yeah, I, I think as far as the owner, you know, I mean, it's just not good optics. I mean, considering I think uh, our patients uh, just as a, as a um, uh, population is getting a little – a little thin with uh, arrogant billionaire owner types, you know, and so that's not good. Andy, if your goal is to, um, you know, I mean, at this point, you're kind of taking it down anyway, let the guy get out. But yeah, I, I, from what I'm hearing, yeah, I mean, Reich was not the guy for the job. So I don't disagree there. However, obviously, it just got handled poorly is, is my, uh, my opinion on that. I mean, I had heard, and I've talked with this at length with many people, but it's been said that Frank Reich wanted to take C.J. Stroud and that yeah. Pepper wanted uh, Bryce Young. And obviously, so far this season, uh, Young was not the right choice. Either either of the other guys were a better choice than Bryce. Well, I, you know, and I think he's uh, – Bryce Young has probably entered that zone where we saw, you know, like – uh, Daniel Jones earlier this year and then uh, Darnold years back where, I mean, they are just, I mean, the, their mentality is just kind of shot, you know, I mean, they, they talk about battle fatigue, if you will. And so the confidence is gone and everything. So I don't think this is a full and accurate representation of Bryce Young and what he's got to offer. You know, I, I think no, no, and, you, I, and, and I don't disagree and I'm not um, saying I'm not saying that. What I'm what I'm more alluding to is that had they taken uh, Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud, they would have been able to work better with what they have currently had in place than what they've been able to do with Bryce Young. Yeah, just simply given the fact that they're taller. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that their play styles are different, and, and it's not a it's not a big hit on Bryce Young's. Height, although I think that that does have something to do with it, because uh, shorter quarterbacks are not typically as successful. But there have been some that have been very good. Uh, but I just think that with the personnel that they had, uh, and, and I said this in the offseason, that Anthony Richardson would fit them the best. Yeah. Uh, and you know maybe he doesn't get hurt if he's in Carolina. Maybe he gets hurt earlier. We would never know that. But uh, but C.J. Stroud has certainly stepped up and is competing at a very high level for a first-year player. And I would think that jumping up to that number one spot and what they 
gave up to get to that point and be in control of the draft that they really didn't make the best decision for their franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but I also think it highlights that that you know, even the NFL and, or we are not that great at predicting who's going to ball out because well, I tell you towards the end of the, you know, and uh, rookie drafts and everything, I mean, uh, CJ Stroud was so frowned upon and that kind of thing, you know? And so I think, you know, that's one of the principles I think in this game is you can almost bet against the narrative, you know, when the narrative gets full blown bet against it. Well, the thing with, with Stroud and Houston, nobody really thought Houston was as complete a team as they actually are. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they, it shows you that last year was coaching Yep, and you know, the personnel was there. Davis Mills did a pretty decent job for two years yeah. with, with what they had and, and the coaching that was there. And for, you know, a new regime to come in, they, they bring in CJ Stroud. They had a really good draft mm-hmm. and. It, yeah. And then you shows. pull a couple of, you know, veteran Cowboys over there. Yeah. I mean, come on, that yeah. fixed everything. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this kid might even not be a good quarterback, you know. I mean, it's just probably Noah Brown and Dalton <laughs> Schultz keeping it all floating. Well, Stroud is certainly elevating players, but no, but, I'm just I, I'm obviously teasing. But I mean, I mean Tank Tank performed much better than anybody oof. thought he would based on where he was being drafted, right? And a lot yeah, of that, oh, yeah. a lot of that's coming down to size. Nico Collins has stepped up. Some of that is Stroud elevating him, but I mean, he was a good prospect, had a good profile. It was just a bad situation. He did, and, so. and he had. He had decent games last mm-hmm. year too. So him him taking a step forward, uh, like you said, Tank Dell, you know, performing to probably where he should have been drafted because uh, the talent was there. He just yeah, he, he had excellent production in in college as well. It was just mm-hmm. people and I mean, people didn't think it would translate. The well, thing and, I, and also he went to Houston. Yep. So. <laughs> you know, well, the it, thing uh, that it uh, that I guess it it. To me, it offers a question. I'd throw this out to you all is that, you know, uh, have the rules come to such a point where, you know, the vicious hits are, you know, so forbidden that we're actually able to get these little guys in here and they don't get massacred. And, you know, uh, what do you think, if any, is that the uh, is that the driver of some of this? I think it is a big driving factor just because yeah. it, it the things that succeed right now are skill rather than physicality, at least when it comes to wide receivers. Yeah. Like physicality yeah. can so, still succeed, but the skill guys are, are given so much help with how um, they're with how the game is officiated and what's allowed in terms of defending them off the line. Yeah. So for me, what I think that this, you know, the, the, shift in player safety and stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying I don't think player safety is important. What I'm saying now is there's been this big shift in player safety. So they're, they're yes. calling the, the big hits even when they don't necessarily need to. Um, it's created, you know, players not being able to tackle correctly or not even knowing how to tackle anymore, which is creating a whole slew of other injuries because of the ways that they're bringing guys down. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the drop tackle, but that's causing a lot of problems. The one that hurt Manders. The one that hurt Mark Manders. Um, It's hurt several other guys. (laughs) Yeah. But over the course of the last several years and this shift in player safety, 
and with the last collective bargaining agreement, teams don't get to practice as much. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. And the Brady point. The, the young, yeah. So if if you listen to Brady uh, on Let's Go, he made this point, and, and I've been saying it in private for probably more than a year, maybe two. Um, especially the young quarterbacks, but a lot of these younger skill players don't get the time that they need on the field. They don't get the reps. Uh, you're not able to develop quarterbacks, especially, you know, correctly because they, they're not getting, you know, if you've got a guy who's, who's sitting behind a veteran and, and I'll use Jordan Love for as an example, even though I still think he sucks, <laughs> even being behind Aaron Rodgers for four years or three years, he didn't get a lot of time, you know, he didn't get a lot of reps because Rogers is taking all the reps during the week and you only have a couple of practices. So trying to develop these guys takes four or five years. And we as NFL fans and owners don't have the patience or don't want to have the patience to let this happen. You know, it's not often you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes who is able to come out sit a year behind someone like Alex Smith and come out and be what he is now, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you see good prospects like Joe Burrow, who struggles at times. You see Justin Herbert, who's a good quarterback, but struggles at times. And a, a lot of that, I think, stems from the fact that they're just not getting enough time early on to practice and you know, learn the schemes, learn the NFL, and things like that. And I think that all stems from this big push on player safety where they don't want the players out there to risk getting hurt at practice because it costs, you know, it costs some money in their wallet. So yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, well, guaranteeing some talent. I think I but- could agree with that. You know, I could, you know, and I'm not discounting your, um, your assertion there, but one of the things I think though, that has happened over the last couple of years is the defense has jumped ahead. I mean, in the, you know, from the seventies on the, you know, the offense just kept, you know, uh, being dominant and in the last two years this too high safety you know you you know I couldn't go through a podcast without throwing this out but anyway uh anyway you know I I do the defense has really in the last two years gained the upper hand and so uh like I say I'm not denying what you're saying but I also think that part of our uh lack of love with the game is this you know the the um, lack of scoring and you know we, we're not getting these downfield plays because those two high safeties are just choking off uh um you know the long ball and i believe that's why the chiefs just kind of were okay letting tyreek go is because they thought okay well with two high safeties we're not going to get the throw of the ball deep anyway we'll get mvs as kind of a decoy and it'll we'll pull it all down kind of mostly underneath unless there's a coverage bust but um but yeah, the game to me, yeah, those factors are evolving the game, and it's kind of a bitch to figure it out. Well, it seems to me too that um, you know the defenses are and those defensive players have an easier time learning the defenses and things, especially when the offensive players make so many mistakes. Yeah, because be. a lot of these offenses are very uh, complex, and like I said, if you don't, you know, these guys aren't having enough time to learn them, and with injuries, you get multiple guys in, you know, in, in a single game mm-hmm. and 
they haven't learned the offense because they haven't had a chance to practice. So I think it all, it all definitely goes hand in hand. Like the, the defensive schemes are going to evolve and then the offensive schemes evolve. And I just think yeah. we're, we're kind of at a lull right now because the defense is ahead Yep. and, and the offense can't catch up right well, now. So they, they got to figure something. So additionally, we've got so many quarterback injuries this year yeah. that is definitely yeah. affecting offensive output, right? You know, cut, Cousins, Rogers, Burrow, you know, like tons of gri- of good quarterbacks that have been that have been hurt. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and, and bigger bigger name quarterbacks, you know, top fifteen guys that have been hurt. Um, and that that was another thing. And I I believe I don't know if Brady talked about it on his podcast. I don't remember, but I do know on moving the chains they they they've really hit it home in the last few weeks. Is Teams aren't investing in their backup quarterback, so mm, and, you know, your yeah. starter goes down, and, and now you got a guy. We'll use Aiden O'Connell for example. Jimmy G goes down. Now you you know Jimmy G has a problem staying healthy, and you have Brian Hoyer who's Toast. okay but not that good. Yeah, and it, then you put this kid in who has never played, uh, has barely had any time to to learn the offense at all, and you you put him in to get killed like they did it in Cleveland. When Watson went down, um, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he got absolutely murdered his first game. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, with the DTR, they gave him 45 games, minutes but... of warning. So that one, that one, <laughs> you know, is, you know, yeah, that's what you should like... expect. But in the second, you know, and then these second games, and I think O'Connell has actually kind of acquitted himself fairly no, decent. No, no, they, you know, they've, they've done you know. better as they're getting more time. But, yeah. you know, Cleveland's a playoff uh contender yeah and, and you're running out with a guy who's now played in three three nfl games mm-hmm. who you didn't expect to see the field for <clears throat> at least two years yeah but let's be real so and, and the same thing with o'connell they didn't expect to be playing him this year i mean obviously the raiders are really not a playoff team but you have yeah. a playoff team like the Bengals, who who are not going to make the playoffs because yeah. joe burrow went down yeah, exactly. I mean, so, what you, so, what you're seeing to me is like, yeah, hope is not a strategy, you know. No, it, it definitely not. And, and owners are being cheap, yeah, or or general managers are being cheap, and they don't want to pay for that veteran backup. And, and this is what happens. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have a playoff team that's not going to make the playoffs because you're too cheap to go out and pay for somebody. You know, the, the New York Jets. Exactly. That brings us to our next Aaron point, Rogers right? <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, is like yeah, right. So. They had the opportunity all through the up to the trade deadline. They knew last year mm-hmm. that Zach Wilson was not their guy. Yeah. They went out and courted Aaron Rodgers in probably the, the, the longest courting in, in <laughs> professional sports history. Uh, it was gross to watch, but they did it. They got Rodgers. They brought in all these guys that he wanted, which none of them play, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, Lazard was a healthy scratch that. this last week, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so none of the guys Rodgers wanted are any good, which we all knew that anyways. But now, surprise, Jets. Um, but all they needed was a quarterback, and, and their defense has been able to keep them in it. And somehow Zach Wilson has been able to, to you know, win a couple of games. But they benched it for a guy who's had two starts in the NFL in five years, in Tim Boyle. Like, yeah. Why? No, and I've empathized. And why? I mean, at this point, what, yeah. what difference does it make if you're yeah. going to bring him out? Um, but 
So Aaron Rodgers today was announced that he's going to he's designated to return from IR, which gives him 21 days to bring him back or he stays on IR for the rest of the season. So I know Rodgers has been out moving around, practicing uh, in a limited fashion, you know, not, not practicing with the team, but you know what I mean? Out, yeah. out doing things. And he's adamant he's coming back. What do you guys think is the timetable? I mean, there's a slim chance he's, he's able to come back this week. Um, do you think he's back and that the Jets potentially still have a shot at making the playoffs? Monty? Uh, a, I'd say no. I'm pretty sure they know uh, that he they don't have the chance of making the playoffs. But uh, B, what I would think if I'm sitting in an ownership chair is, you know, I'd like to get my, you know, my fans have just been so disappointed. Uh, I want to get butts in the seat. I want to keep fan loyalty. So having him out there, if you will, at least provide some good football. Uh, it might be kind of meaningless, but. Uh, it keeps the fan base engaged and, uh, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, it'll make their season a little bit more palatable and probably it's economically smart. All right, Levi. I think they'd have to run the table to make the playoffs in the AFC. Like, I think they probably need 10 wins and they're at four and seven. So they would need him back or if they win this week, then maybe he comes back next week. But I just don't see it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back um, because that means there's more attention being paid to him. But, (laughs) and, 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 I would not disagree with that. Yeah. Well, additionally, we saw, we saw Akers come back pretty quickly from the Achilles, quicker than anybody has previously. Um, We've seen elite athletes like Kevin Durant come back from an Achilles and play well. I think Rogers, you know, he is elite. Um, I don't think he needs, as much as athleticism as most uh, to play. So, um, you know, with, with the, the quality of his arm talent, I don't know. I, I could see him coming back, but I don't think they make the playoffs. A big part of his game has always been his ability to move around in the backfield yeah. and, the pocket and make, make plays when needed with his, yes, he, he is an excellent arm talent mm-hmm. uh, and they have a fairly decent offensive line. Uh, for somebody who is a veteran and knows how to read the defense well and, you know, can can be a little bit mobile. They have a good running game. Um, you know, they have excellent wide receivers. So I think when he does come back that he'll be able to survive. And I kind of agree with you guys. I think that in order for them to come back and, you know, for – for him to even have a shot, they would have to win this week. You know, I mean, yeah. they're, I don't think the math works out and especially not in the AFC. Well, if, I mean, I'd rather them in the AFC than the NFC because you have a lot of teams that are six and five or six and six. Like your, your, your divisions are pretty well set. You know what I mean? Like Miami's barring something silly is going to win the East. The Ravens are going to win the, the North. Jacksonville take the South and Kansas City should have the West. But then you have, you know, Indy, Houston, Denver. Yeah, I mean, the competition level over on the AFC side to me is that's what's kind of driving what I'm thinking there. It is, but a lot of those teams have been so lackluster that anything can happen. Like four and seven is not completely out of it given, 
you know, you got five, five weeks left and, you know, if they can, if they can pull out a win this week against Atlanta, which is very possible, you're coming in at five and seven, you know, a couple of those teams that are six and five are going to be six and six. Yeah. Think about Buffalo's off because they're not going to get any worse than they already are. (laughs) Um, but you know what I mean? Like in Pittsburgh and Cleveland at seven and four could very well be seven and five at the end of the week. So, I mean, Pittsburgh, not so much with Arizona, but you never know. Uh, you know, it, Kenny Pickett is Kenny Pickett, but Cleveland's playing the Rams and they could certainly be Cleveland. So it, this, this playoff picture still to me is, is fairly wide open. And I don't think Rogers would come back if he didn't think that there was a chance, you know what I mean? Cause he's, going to get paid anyway yeah that's that's one of the things he has said actually is that the potential return will be determined off his health and the jets playoff chances so yeah oh, okay i just thought you know to me i just thought hey, with kind of being the personality that he is i just thought he might you know uh go out there and kind of show hey i'm you know it's it's a narcissistic thing but Oh, believe me, with MetLife Stadium having an open roof, it, it still can't contain Aaron Rodgers' ego. But he, he's certainly going to be looking at long term because he's only got a couple of years of playing left before you know he gets to that point where he's not going to be effective. If if he even is able to at this point, I, I think he can, but um, time will tell. So we alluded to some of the teams being off so there's six teams on bye this week which don't get me started on the on the bye weeks again um so we got minnesota <laughs> las vegas buffalo baltimore the, the bears and the giants so yeah i mean we've got five nfl three, teams on bye and then the giants and then the giants um i mean you got you you have fantasy relevant Oops. players in each of those teams so mm-hmm. and it's this is a big week week 13 is a big yep. week because you need two more, you got two more weeks to get into the fantasy playoffs. So you're going to try and have to, you're going to have to try and manufacture a win this week with a very limited pool of players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wish you best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> now you my, better my have looked. Yeah, you better have looked ahead stuff. before you got to this point because now, yeah, yeah. we're kind of you kind of stuck in the mud. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you needed these guys to get here, and now yep. they're out. Like I have, uh, I have Jacobs and I have Gus Edwards in, in Scott Fishbowl, and yep. they've both been able to put up roughly twenty points a week, and they've been helping me a lot. Yeah. So this week I'm starting three kickers because I can only start two running backs because I, I just don't have anybody else. My wide receivers with injuries and stuff. I, I have three that I can rely on, and I have Kelsey. So. I'm good at quarterback. I'm good at tight end. I got to rely on three kickers to carry me through into through the second week. And after that, I should be fine if yeah. I get through this week. But yeah, I know, no, I know a, of- a league I'm really doing well in. I mean, I'm going to lose to one of the bottom of the barrel teams this week, you know, just because my running backs are out. You know, I mean, yep. guy that plays me is a total scrub, but, uh, you know, I mean. Yeah, you must be talking about me somewhere. Yeah, I, anyway, I, you knew I was screwing <laughs> with you. But, I mean, it is, you know, yeah, because I got J. Jeff, I got uh, Jacobs in, and, yeah, my uh, JT goes down, you know. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm running uh, P. Ryan and Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> there just because yeah. i thought okay you know what i'm giving this this week it's like okay i'm taking the l because i wanted to keep elijah mitchell and there's really nobody 
better There's than nobody I want. Up anyways. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, the last you, weeks, so. yeah, you just kind of, you're going to kind of have to take it on the chin and, uh, you know, and or cross your fingers and know that most everybody else is kind of up against the same thing, uh, more or less than, you know, so. Yeah. So, all right. Um, one last thing in the news, just kind of a, a topic that we were talking about and, uh, it, it comes up every year around this time, uh, especially with the uh, the three firings that we've already had mid-season, which I'd have to go back and look is probably more than what we've had in a couple of years. But um, what are some coaches that you guys think may be on the hot seat, you know, now still within this season or the end of season? Monty? Yeah, uh, it sounds like pretty much Ron Rivera, I believe, is going to be gone. I think that seems like a certainty unless uh, I've misheard. Uh, I would think uh, down in Atlanta, Arthur Blank is the owner of the Falcons. Is uh, He might have had a belly full of Arthur Smith. And, and even Smith is kind of telegraphing that by, you know, not being a, a, as huge a jerk as he usually is and trying to, you know, uh, do some of the things the fans have called for. But I think his seat's pretty warm. Um you know, I don't know what they're going to do in Vegas. Uh, they'll probably make a mistake there somehow. But anyway, that's that's all that just comes to the top of my mind. Levi probably has something. Staley, you guys. Yes, Brandon Staley is probably. At the yeah, no, I yeah, well. yep, that's right. I, would, um, I mean, Bill Belichick. I'm pretty sure he's gone too. Yeah, I think that's an end of season one, though. I don't think Kraft would fire him. Yeah, I think yeah. no, no, I, I he didn't do it all the bye week. I, I don't think it's going to happen. End of season. Uh, Staley might not be. Yeah, that could be. They're still in the playoff hunt, and they like if they look. God forbid, let's say they lose to New England this week. That, yeah, that, that could, very Mel yeah. could be the end of his tenure. Yeah. I don't know that we'll okay. see it till end of season, but I wouldn't be surprised if Eberflus is out at the uh, with the Bears. Um, yeah, he's he's had a yeah, really so really well. abysmal record. Just, I mean, the team has actually been playing decently well the last couple of weeks. Um, any of the regular football non-fantasy people that I follow have, have uh, been singing some praises, especially for the Bears' defense. But um, his record as a coach is really, really bad. So, Yeah. Um, I would also say Todd Bowles. Um, yep. Yeah, that could make sense. Pretty, pretty, honestly, I would say probably every coach in the NFC South. All four <laughs> of them. Yeah. Dennis Allen's not that good either. Yep. Um, and... and with a wide open division the way it is, the fact that none of them have a winning record is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Whoever wins but that I, division I, I, probably yeah. keeps their job. The rest of them, who knows? I, even then, I don't know, man, because they, they should have like they should have blown out. But they, one of those teams, not Carolina so much, but one of the other three teams has the talent to to be leaps and bounds ahead. Like the way Baker came out at the beginning of the season, yeah, I, I would think that. Tampa should have been, especially with the significant wide receiver. Tampa has have. a decent amount of talent too. Like they're they're, they're yeah. surprisingly good, you know, top right. to bottom. So right. shocking so. that they're not more competitive in that division. Yeah, um, but I think you guys touched on on several. I'm sure there'll be a surprise here too. Well, what we're talking about, I mean, we mentioned what six, seven names. We're talking, we're yeah, talking no, like ten teams turnover. that could be yeah. switching coaches. Yeah. I think Schefter was saying it uh, on on some show. Maybe it was um, the halftime show for Monday Night Football. 
um, that there could be up as many as 11 coaches coaching wow. changes this off season yeah. when like last year there were five. Yeah. Usually, Crazy. I was going to say, usually there's, there's around six. Um, I mean, Kevin O'Connell is another guy who could be on the hot seat in, in uh, Minnesota. Um, I kind of doubt it. I mean, their their mid season turnaround. Yeah, I was, think they probably. We'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah, they, we'll they're see. another I mean, team that if they don't make the playoffs, he's probably gone. If Cousins had played through and and they hadn't made the playoffs, I might agree with you. But I think yeah, I think he's treading enough water. I think that gives him the leeway. Me. The Cousins injury yeah. gives him the leeway. Like Dobbs was really good the first couple of weeks, but he's come back to earth as he typically does. So, yeah. Yeah, no pun so, intended there uh, for the past or not. Yeah, yeah. For, for the 19 sacks he took on Monday night. <laughs> hey, oh. that uh, – who is it? Montez, is it Sweat yep. that they – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that he's was a very highly sought-after uh, guy. Yep. Like the, yeah. the Bears have a pretty decent, stout defense. Uh, they just can't get their offense. And, and what a better trade than last year trading their second for Claypool. Like, get <laughs> – Get yeah. a good player in there for for your draft capital, and that's the thing. The yeah. Bears just needed players. Like, you know, despite it not really fitting your plan, and you know he has leverage. They traded something for him. He, they're going to have to pay him. They just needed guys, and it made sense to get a guy like Sweat on their team. Yeah. Oh, and they can afford to pay him because they have. Yep. Yeah, they got a lot of space, space. So, and they might have a rookie deal uh, going forward. Who knows? And, and they might. <laughs> they may have. They've, they've got two high picks. Uh, they may may have another rookie quarterback. Uh, it, honestly, Fields is probably out of there the way he's been playing, um, because he's not he's not getting better. He's not putting together consistent games. So and yeah, I, I could see now that is where I could see a head coach and a and a quarterback basically being linked together. You know that yeah. if 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 he doesn't turn around, then I could see him and Eberflus kind of you know out of town on the same bus. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> so that'll wrap up the news. Um, we'll jump into the injuries, and like I said, there's only a few of those, so we'll get through those, and then. Uh, See what's brewing inside of Monty's mind. The injury report. All right, so a few concussions this week. Uh, Chris Olave suffered a concussion uh, in Sunday's game. Demario Douglas suffered a concussion. And uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson suffered a concussion. I don't expect any of the three to play this week. Um if any of them, Chris Olave has the best chance, I think, because he's made progress. Uh, the other two, from what I've seen, have not. So I would be surprised to see any of the three, of the three though, most of the games. Well, made. DTR also was, was today that he went in protocol, or at least that's when it was announced, right? So That's when it was so, announced, yeah. He, um, but he suffered the concussion on during the game. Yep. Uh, but same thing with Douglas. He went into the, the protocol today. Okay. Where Olave went into the protocol on yep. Monday. Yeah, the ex- the extra that- time is a big deal. But I don't think, other than yeah. Purdy, that one week, I don't think any player has come back within a week. So, no, I don't think I, so yeah, either. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't expect any of those guys to play. Maybe Olave. So, the other thing too is uh, Shahid with that uh, thigh injury or something. Uh, there's and was it just a, I can't not, yeah, it's a th- it's a uh, yeah the quad. Saints are really yeah, bare bones at pass catcher this yeah week. it sounds like he's not going to play so yeah wheels up on Jamar uh, um, 
Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson, excuse me. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why people are trying to trade for him this week. <laughs> and the one thing I did hear, hear about about A.T. Perry, though, is that uh, he he uh, lost a little of the uh, coach's favor this last game because he uh, he gave up on a route and the ball went towards him and they yanked him out. So uh, I don't know if that um, – I mean, I, I think it's all hands on deck, but I don't think he's exactly uh, in the good graces of the coaching staff at this moment. No, but, but I mean, you got no you got choice. No choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Kenneth Walker still suffering from the oblique. They play on Thursday, so I don't expect him to play tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, this will this will be out before the game starts, but I, I don't expect Walker to play. I think one more week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was announced today. Yesterday, he was having surgery on his left thumb for a. I think it was a UCL. Um, he's going to be out. They figured two to three weeks, but they're optimistic it's only going to. They're be two currently weeks, so. the last team in, but if they have yeah. a couple losses, is there any reason for him to come back? I don't know. It might no. be the last you see of uh, Taylor this year. I thought okay. I remember something about his contract having some incentives uh, he, that. He, so he has or, the incentives. But yeah, the and or I, to, I uh, could see activate. That and uh, yeah, and Jim Irsay wanting to get his money out of him, so yeah, I could see him playing. I mean, he's not like like he's not going on IR, so he's still going to be on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always the, the chance that they just don't play him. Yep. So it wouldn't surprise me. I I hope that he's back. I expect him to be back for the playoffs because uh, if they can split the next two games, they'll they're still going to be in it. But uh, it's better for them if they can win both. Uh, and I think they have a chance. Like, yeah, I think they got to. Yeah. Zach Moss has been good filling in for Taylor. Yep. So uh, I do think that they have the opportunity to stay in it. Um, Amari Cooper suffered a rib injury. He is questionable. <laughs> he may have Joe Flacco as his quarterback this week. Yeah, so <laughs> Flacco can't even get the ball out to where he lives. So, yeah, that's uh, – yep. Fire up, uh, yeah! All your shorts, <laughs> Elijah yeah. Moore, and anybody else they do. Well, short Wilson, Wilson did okay last year with with Flacco. Yeah, Cedric Wilson's all right. Uh, yeah, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Garrett so Wilson, one of those Wilsons. It's fine. Uh, yes, yeah, too many Wilsons. No, Garrett Wilson did fine. Cedric Wilson has been okay. Um, well, he's in, he's is he? That's Miami. Yeah, he, he's Tillman. Like, You're talking about Tillman. Um, You're thinking of Tillman. Cedric Tillman. Tillman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Cedric Tillman's been been okay the last couple of weeks. Uh, Elijah Moore. I think Peoples Jones is back, but I, I honestly don't expect Amari Cooper to play this week. Uh, I think the ribs he gives him a week to heal. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Back probably next week with with a flak jacket. I mean, if he can handle the pain. He'll be out there because they definitely need him. But uh, it. No, it's a crazy thing to think a seven and four team is probably going to go on the tank. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just kind of mind boggling there. Their defense has been able to find ways to win, but but that Uh, now they've they've losing they're losing some pieces, or at least for a game or so. Yeah, but even if they have to run out there with PJ Walker, Mm -hmm. he's been able to get them some wins. So I think it's still a possibility that they can do it with you know, being beat up like they are at quarterback. So yep. 
uh, it's, I mean, it'll be tough, but I, I, like I said, I don't expect him to play. The other options might be good. And Joku should be a good option this week, yep. regardless of quarterback. Um, and then the last one we have, Devin uh, Han suffered the knee injury. Uh, he sat out last week. Uh, they do expect him to play this week. There's been no setbacks with it. So keep an eye on that. I'm, I don't know. I, I need to fire him up if he's if he's available, but I don't want to fall into the same trap. Um, yeah, no, he is. He's uh, he's a scary. He's a yeah, that's a scary asset. You know, I mean, they're going up against Washington, who yeah. since trading their two bookends on defense haven't been as good. But I, I'd hate for him. I'd hate to put him in and have him get you one point and go out on two or three plays again. Yep. So. Hopefully he is healthy this time when they bring him back um, and we'll actually get a full game of uh, ASAM. So that'll wrap up the news and let, uh, let's see what's going on with Monty. What do you have for us, sir? <laughs> no, I think I actually kind of snuck it in earlier on that too high defense, but uh, that's the other thing I think, especially in, in fantasy at this point, what you want to do is, start looking ahead at other people's schedule and, and yours. Uh, there's no, uh, it's not illegal to play uh, keep away and uh, you know, that sort of thing and kind of sucking talent off the waiver wire, uh, you know, just to protect your position. So that's, that's kind of what I, I would think. No, that's a hundred percent true. It, it's a good strategy to look ahead, especially if you're, you know, you still have defenses uh, in your league or kickers or, you know, you still use tight ends because, you know, you want to plan for the weeks where they're going up against teams that are vulnerable, you know, to a tight end or, you know, good defensive matchups coming back. Like anybody that plays the Patriots over the next few weeks, you want to grab their defense now yeah. because you're going to get points. Um, you know, and that's Arizona has been a team you've been doing that with the for the last couple of years with Kyler now, it's not so much, but there are teams out there that you could play the matchup. So you definitely want to start looking ahead to, you know, weeks 14, 15, 16, um, and, and 17, because now's a chance to kind of grab a guy and stash him. If you can, if you got the extra spot so yeah. that you're ready. And, and also, that's the other thing too, though, is evaluating, you know, the playoff teams there, um, you know, if it's not a, if it's not a deep, deep dynasty, uh, you know, if it's more of a redraft, you can kind of see where they're going to have some holes, um, you know, that, that kind of thing or where they're deficient right now. Like, and like in the dynasty, like the, um, the DDD dynasty, I've kind of accidentally sucked most of the quarterbacks and some of the tight ends off the uh, schedule and the other two top teams there are very thin at that uh, at that position and so after i saw that uh, a couple of weeks ago i thought okay i'm just gonna hang on to these guys just in case uh you know you know they've got a the other team has a superstar but they have zero depth you know we're mm-hmm. kind of like the jets and so um you know there's a lot of ways to kind of to uh skin that cat yeah no 100 percent um, <clears throat> Levi, what are your thoughts on stocking up and, you know, trying to play keep away with some of the, uh, the, the guys that 
are looking at trying, like even trying to make playoffs. And then uh, I have another point to bring up on this afterwards. Um, I, I don't, I tend not to play too much keep away. Um, unless it's a situation where it's like, Hey, I've got the most fab Zach Moss is there. You have Jonathan Taylor. Um, in general, I find that playing keep away doesn't yield as good of results. Um, famously, but it feels better. well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so, I mean, not not all of us have god teams that we just don't have anybody to drop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I I am, uh, you know, I, since I play that way, uh, you know, I mean, it just happens that well, way. Well, you me, you so, also yeah. love. I don't know how the how the little people. Um, you also love turning the waiver wire and that's something that you can do um, yeah. that yeah it's not it's not my favorite strategy i i think it's really important to look ahead on defenses right now that's the one thing where it's like if you can set yourself up with plus matchups for all weeks all three weeks of the playoffs that can really have a big impact in leagues where you have defenses so that's yeah. that's what i look to do yeah green bay might be a sleeper in that in that area by the way just fyi maybe Maybe. Um, so my last quick point on this is uh, where we're at in week 13 with the number of teams on by and people trying to make the playoffs and, and the injuries and stuff that are out there, keep an eye on who gets dropped. Yeah. You may be able to steal somebody off the waiver wire because somebody's got to drop a, a fairly decent player to get through this week. Uh, it happens. Like Zach Moss should not have been available on waiver wires. But he was because people, Jonathan Taylor came back, people dropped him. And now you're going to get a starter for two weeks who gives you good production. You know, when you're trying to fabricate two more wins or you're trying to stay in first place so you can get that that buy. So keep an eye on who gets dropped in the waivers. That's that's a big thing right now, especially like Levi said, defenses, um, kickers. Well, and the I other thing that, you know, look for is. these little situations like with the Saints that developed, you know, Alave and Rashid are out. So Jawan Johnson, who's probably been fairly, or might be fairly available, could be a real upside play. And then the mm-hmm. other one that I think that's sitting out there in some leagues is, uh, you know, Allen, Josh Allen's on um, by this week. But you know what? Gardner Minshew's been doing a pretty good job. I mean, and so he, I think he's one of the better plays this week. You know, if you've got to have somebody just to, you know, get you through. Um, so yeah. I think I you've got to look, you've got to look at those, you know, kind of uh, situations where that just kind of develop uh, where there's a shortage and that, that, and uh, you got to be quick. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson's another guy who's, yeah. He's he's the quarterback fourteen. I'd rather have him the rest of the way than uh, Geno Smith. I mean, because yeah. that's the other thing you got to look at. Geno Smith's schedule is just terrible. It's, it's terrible, and, and he's yeah. been he terrible. Been great, yeah, and he hasn't been yeah. great either. Yeah. So, and he won't be until Kenneth Walker comes back. You know that that offense is a bit stagnant without Walker this yeah, year. Yeah, his, his big plays been have great. been it's, Walker's big plays have been super important for them because they're not getting mm-hmm. chunk plays through the air. So. No. So, you know, that's that's the thing you got to look at, at. There's been a, a turnaround in some of these players that at the beginning of the year, yeah, you did not want to own Russell Wilson. And I'm going to say he's not a sexy option. He's not putting up huge numbers, but he's putting up consistent mm-hmm. numbers. And if you can put in a consistent 20 points at quarterback, 
and and get you through. You know, you might get that thirty or thirty-five point game from him right when you need it because he's got a couple of soft matchups in the playoffs. Yeah. So, and I think that's the capstone. I guess principle I'd come away from this thing is is you know what we know right. You know what has been uh, going to this point is probably going to change. I mean, you know, uh, last year, look at how my it, the beginning of the season, how many of us really thought uh, it. ETN was going to be anything, you know, you, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, he's, he's been good this year, but even in season, you know, now he's on a downturn and Ramondre Stevenson's on an upturn. So, you know, uh, you know, it's like the weather, just wait for a few minutes and it's going to change. But the trick is trying to figure out who's going to get, you know, who's going to get back on the upswing. Mm-hmm. No, Absolutely. So that'll wrap up the mind of Monty. Um, <laughs> chaotic as always. Indeed. But, uh, hopefully, hopefully you learned something in that. And we will jump into the magical world of Fantasy Football Chronicles. All right, so first we'll jump into the Week 12 recap. Um, so last week, Ben had two correct. I had two correct. Diego, with the uh, not using the Magic 8-Ball, we still think it was his kids <laughs> that made the picks. Uh, Diego got four correct. Oh. And our uh, our resident Harry Potter hater, uh, Dead Man Moz, got zero <laughs> correct. <laughs> Uh, a feat that has not been pulled off on this show yet, so kudos to Moz for doing the absolute worst he could possibly do. <laughs> At least you can count on him for something, uh, right? Yeah, can, exactly. You yeah. definitely count on him for something, yes. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so let's recap these. Uh, first question was road teams to win on Thanksgiving. The over-under was 1.5. It was the over. Green Bay and San Francisco yeah. both Thanks, won. Thanks, Green Bay. Uh, yeah. It killed a lot of parlays, man. Uh, so Diego had the over. The rest of us had the under. So that was his first one. Um, Tyreek Hill, over under 80 and a half receiving yards. He had 102. So that was the over. Um, Diego, Ben, and myself all had that one correct. Moz went with the under. Uh, third question, Jalen Warren, at least 75 rushing yards. That was false. He only had 49. It was a Najee week. Uh, Diego got that one correct. And question four was Tank Dell finishes as a top 12 wide receiver. That was false. He ended up as the wide receiver 20. Uh, ben was the only one that got that one correct. And the final question was Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert combined for at least 500 passing yards and 50 rushing yards. Uh, that was an under. They had 394 combined passing yards and 86 rushing yards. So they got the rushing. Uh, that did, they did not get the passing. I think uh, Lamar had like 171 passing yards, so they weren't. Uh, I think Herbert was 213, something like that. It was not uh, not where we expected them to be. I have to look it up again. Uh, so I had the under. Diego had the under. Ben and Moz both had the over. 
And then the special item last week was the fireworks. So pick any quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end to finish top six at their position. I took Travis Kelsey, which we all yeah, thought that's was the, yeah, that, I took that one easy as well. pick. It's like, uh, I, I took McCaffrey. Tight end six. So that's the other easy oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. I I yeah, yeah. Well, we we did say it uh and everybody passed on it. So, we 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 took other harder choices. Uh Diego took Amon Ross St. Brown who finished as a wide receiver 22 and Ben took CD Lamb who finished as a wide receiver 17. And then Moss got this correct by choosing Dak Prescott who finished as the quarterback 3 on the week. So, uh, not a bad week for Diego. Um, kind of a eh, week for for Ben and I. But total for the season now, Ben's at thirty one. Correct. I'm at thirty four, and Diego's at twenty nine. So getting there. And, and Moz is at zero. Oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why. Uh, yeah, I don't think he got COVID. I think he's still. I think Diego is uh, still reeling from that point four point uh, loss in the in the VIP. I think he. Uh, Oh, that's also very possible. He could yeah, be, no. He could be in hiding. I saw that. Uh, so we'll jump into the week 13 questions. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, the Magic 8-Ball has COVID. It actually gave it to Diego. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever helps you sleep, man. Whatever helps you sleep. Um, Dak Prescott throws for at least 300 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. True or false? Um, so this is something Dak has done for the last five weeks in a row. Uh, they're playing Seattle on Thursday night. Now, granted, they've had a full week because they played on Thursday night last week. So they've had a full week's rest. Um, so it's not like it's a short week or anything like that. I'm going with false. Um, I think Seattle is so bad right now as far as their offense that they're not going to have to put a lot of – uh, you know, a lot of passes through the air. I think they're going to be able to move the ball with their running game. And so I'm going to go with false. Uh, Diego went with true and Ben went with false on this one. Levi? Uh, I'm going to go with true. I'm just going to bet on him continuing this heater that he's on, but this is the question I feel least convicted about. So. All right, Monty. Yeah, I'll go with false too. I think, uh, yeah, he, it's probably the streak ends, but you know, I, we could see one of these uh, Dallas defense games, you know, where the the defense ends up scoring the touchdowns, and so you know, the offensive production is uh, not basically needed. Yeah, I mean, Seattle's been susceptible to the run quite a bit over the last few games. Uh, and so I think Pollard has a, a pretty decent week. Yeah. And like you say, the defense could put some points up. I just think they get ahead and they don't have to pass as much. I think Dak still probably has a good game, probably throws for two or three touchdowns. I just don't think he's going to get the yardage. I, I don't think they're going to need it. Yeah. Could uh, be a so sneaky next... start for if you're really hurting a Rico Dowdle fall in the end zone touchdown. Yeah. No, you definitely he he could be a sneaky flex this week, especially with all the guys that are out, because he's been getting some work and he's been getting some goal line work. Yep. So next question, uh, B. John Robinson at least ninety rushing yards. Um, I am going with false on this. Uh, we had a couple of good weeks of B. John, and I'm 
thinking we're probably going to get Arthur Smith. So <laughs> uh, Diego and Ben also went with false. Um, Monty. Yeah, I went with false just because, you know, they're, it's, they're playing the Jets. And so the defense, I don't think, is totally given up. Uh, so it's going to be um, going to be a little harder for him. Yep. I, I would agree. The Jets' defense is pretty good, and they're, they've been able to keep them in a lot of games. So, mm-hmm. uh, Levi? So, I, I'm going with true. Um, despite the Jets' defense being good, they have been a bit more susceptible to the run. Uh, Mostert hit this threshold last week, oh, right. playing yeah. the same sort of snap percentage that Bijan has been seeing. Uh, Bijan always has an opportunity to break a long run or two. So I'm going with, with uh, true on this one. Okay. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know how you can mention Bijan Robinson in the same breath with Mostert. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of insulting there to Mostert. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, know how I, you, how you compare <laughs> Miami's, Miami's high flying offense with, with Atlanta's. But <laughs> Anyway, sorry, folks. No, no, you're good. Um, so next question, question three, number of San Francisco and Philadelphia wide receivers to finish as top 12 wide receivers. The over and under is 1.5. Uh, I'm going to take the over, I think, between Ayuk, uh, Debo, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Um, you know, we, there's a pretty good chance that two of those guys can do it. Although this should be a fairly low scoring game, but we thought the same thing against Buffalo. So we'll see. Uh, Diego takes the under, Ben takes the over. Uh, Levi. Uh, I'm going with over. Part of that has to do with the question that we'll have later. Um, but like you said, the, the four talented guys are there. Uh, San Francisco is susceptible to the pass, and I think they're going to have to keep up with Philly. So I think that the game is higher scoring. All right, Monty. Yeah, and I I went with the under because uh, basically because of Chase Young. Uh, I think uh, San Francisco's got a fairly good chance to get Ayuk up there in the top 12 if they cut him loose, you know, and it doesn't get there. But um, if if they game plan around, uh, you know, Bosa on one end and Chase Young on the other end, I would kind of try to get uh, DeAndre Swift and the running game – a little more love so and just some short stuff so that you know you don't get killed all right uh the next question is travis kelsey over or under 65 and a half receiving yards so far this year he's done this in half of his games have been over 65 the other half have been under uh i am optimistic because i need kelsey to have 65 <laughs> yards for my Scott Fishbowl team, so I'm taking the over. Uh, Diego's taking the over. Ben's taking the over. Monty. Uh, th- this, uh, th- you know, this, uh, yeah, this is, I'm just going with the uh, the pad answer here. I think with Green Bay, I mean, I think they're a, a decent, they're becoming a decent enough defense, but, uh, you know, Kelsey's just going to get too much love to for them to shut him down. All right. And Levi. Yeah, this is probably my second uh, least convicted answer, but I'm also going over. I think that they will need Kelsey um, playing at Green Bay. That's on Sunday night. So I think that they're going to, he's going to get a little bit more work than he has been. 
and hopefully get over that yeah. threshold. All right. And the last question, any NFL team scores 10 or less points? True or false? Uh, I am, even though I know the Patriots are playing this week, <laughs> I'm going to go with false. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the odds that they can score 11. Um, I'll probably be grossly disappointed, but I know if I took, if I took true, they'd score 11. So I am going to go with false. Uh, Diego goes with true. Ben goes with true. Levi, uh, you've been going with the the high or the trues on everything. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to do the same here. Well, you'd be wrong. Uh, I think Whoa. I think that when you remove six teams from the pool of potential scorers, I like taking false uh, just because there's less opportunities for teams to actually score that low. All right. And Monty? I'm going with true because you've got um, Cleveland with potentially Joel Flacco. You have got New England playing potentially um, Bailey Zappi. And then uh, Tennessee, even though you got Levis, I mean, uh, my gosh, you know. Uh, So there's there's three teams that could possibly do it. So I went with true on that. All right. We know that two people will be wrong. (laughs) Uh, Either me and Levi or Levi and I. (laughs) Uh, It's it's so tough because that 10, if it was nine or less, sure. But that 10, that 10 just makes this a really tough question. That's probably the last one this week. Uh, All right. So this week's special item is the love potion. Pick any running back, wide receiver, or tight end to score two touchdowns. Uh, so I took Tony Pollard, like I said earlier on the DAC line. I think Pollard's going to get a decent amount of work. He's finally gotten into the end zone in the last two weeks. And I think he gets the opportunity to uh, to do it again, either you know goal line work or you know with a pass from five or six yards out. Uh, Diego, he takes Mike Evans. Ben. Uh, does not take anybody this week. <laughs> I don't know that I blame him because this is going to be a tough question. Um, Levi, who are you going with? So I was talking about um, the um, my belief that the Philadelphia and San Francisco game is high scoring. So I'm going to go with the guy on Philadelphia, A.J. Brown, to score two. All right. And Monty? Yeah, I, uh, you know, Washington, uh, my, the Dolphins are playing uh, Washington. And so uh, since Chase Young and Montez Sweat are, are no longer there to chase the quarterback, I think uh, Tua gets plenty of time. And that means Tyreek's going to just take you apart, especially. Uh, and I think their superstar corner uh, for the commanders, Emmanuel Forbes, is, who is not superstar, but he's even he's out. So whoever's worse than him is having to play out there. And so uh, good luck uh, commanders on trying to keep a lid on Tyreek. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thought about Tyreek, but he's only had two touchdowns once this year. Um, the other one I thought about was Mostert. And yeah. if a chain does not play, I, I probably would want to pivot to using Mostert in, in this question because he has gotten two several times. Yeah. He's so reliable in the uh, end zone. 
similar to yeah, the way so. ETN was started the year. It's just like they get down there if they give it to that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's had four two-touchdown games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if A-Chain doesn't play, I, I may go in and change this just kind of for the sure thing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, get and out taking a look at the over-under, the implied total is for Miami to get 35 points. So there should yeah. be in, there should be enough going around there. Yeah, they're definitely – I mean, and there should be on both sides because I think uh, of – Well, they're favored you know, by nine and a half, so you've got – basically yeah. you've got 35 for the Dolphins and 15 for the Commanders. Yeah. So which, that could be a little rough. You know the Commanders are going to be throwing the ball. And, yeah, and, um, but Miami does have a fairly decent secondary, so mm-hmm. they'll probably there, there's another team that could have a pick six and puts puts the ball on the ground. So mm. we'll have to see. <clears throat> but that will wrap up the fantasy world of fantasy football chronicles, and that will wrap up the show. So I would like to thank both. Levi and Monty for joining us this evening. Uh, it was a huge help with the guys being out, and it's always a pleasure to have you both on the show, either together or separately. Um, Levi, do you have any parting words for our listeners? No, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure. And Monty, let's try to keep the outro to at least under five minutes. <laughs> No, just uh, just I've enjoyed this season and everybody that's uh, been participating in in the leagues I commish and uh, you know always you, you guys are my favorite so I and especially love picking on you so uh, don't don't take it too serious and um, just enjoy what we got and thanks for having me, Steve. Always a pleasure, man. You're more than welcome to come on anytime. Um, so you can find me on Sleeper at Solinator. Uh, you can find Levi on Sleeper at Depremere. And you can find Monty at Sergeant Rock, SGT Rock. Uh, all of us love to talk football. Uh, if you want to join you know, some good leagues, Monty runs some high-quality leagues. Uh, you just got to put up with the banter, but it, it's yeah. usually entertaining. Um, you can find me on Twitter or X as it is now uh, at the FF degenerate. You can send an email to the show at DDDFFpod at gmail.com. You can find our website at www.daydreamingdegenerates.com. Our Facebook page, just search for the Daydreaming Degenerates Fantasy Football Podcast. And we thank you all for listening tonight. Good luck in your upcoming matches. Good luck making it to the playoffs unless you're playing against me or these guys. <laughs> and uh, do what you can to beat Ben. So, good luck this week and good night.